And just want to take a second and thank Policy Genius. They're supporting today's episode of Success Story. I know we all have kids. We all have families we want to take care of. And I personally check something off major on my to-do list, life insurance. It's a tough topic. It's really hard to think about, but it's so important. And the hard part was sorting through all the options. Luckily, I found Policy Genius. Policy Genius is an online insurance marketplace that makes getting life insurance surprisingly easy. With Policy Genius, you can find life insurance policies that start at just $292 per year for a million dollars of coverage. Some options offer same-day approval and avoid unnecessary medical exams. Now, knowing my family's protected brings me incredible peace of mind. Don't put off this important decision. Check life insurance off your to-do list in no time with Policy Genius. Head to policygenius.com or click the link in the description to get your free life insurance quotes and see how much you could save. That's policygenius.com. Eufy is sponsoring today's video. They reached out to me. I tested out their video lock. It is a game changer. I'm going to paint a picture for you for why I'm so excited to work with them. So you're getting home. Your arms are loaded with groceries or packages or boxes or everything. And your keys are in your pocket. This drives me nuts. This happens all the time. I upgraded to the Eufy video lock. Fingerprint tap i'm inside and honestly i also feel way safer it's got this awesome built-in camera so whether it's a package delivery or late night uber order i see exactly who's there right from my phone there are no more mystery knocks and the best part this thing was such a breeze to set up there's no wires there's no drilling uh there's also no monthly subscription fees so if you are done fumbling with your keys because i definitely am search for eufy video lock or head over to eufyofficial.com video lock your front door, your sanity. Welcome to Success Story, the most useful podcast in the world. I'm your host, Scott D. Clary. The Success Story podcast is part of the HubSpot Podcast Network and the Blue Wire Podcast Network. The HubSpot Podcast Network has incredible podcasts like My First Million. My First Million is hosted by Sam Parr and Sean Purry. They feature famous guests, They discuss how companies made their first million and then some. They brainstorm new business ideas based on the hottest trends and opportunities in the marketplace. Here are some of the topics they talk about. If you like any of these, you will love the show. Three profitable business ideas that you should start in 2022. Drunk business ideas that could make you millions. Asking the founder of Grammarly how he built a $13 billion company or SaaS companies that anybody can start. If these topics are up your alley, go check out My First Million. Listen to it wherever you listen to your podcasts. Today, my guest is Christian Schof. He is the founder and CEO of Uncharted Supply Co., which is a survival tools and pack company. Now, he grew up on a farm in Wisconsin where he had clones, a biodiesel plant, and thousands of acres of crops. He played in a band around the world for over a decade. He traveled to Iraq more than 40 times. He had his 30th birthday party in Saddam Hussein's bedroom. He started a few companies, had some exits, recorded with Prince, scuba dived with Richard Branson, trained with some of the world's best athletes. He climbed some of the world's tallest mountains, completed Ironmans, spent weeks in the Yukon hunting the largest animals in North America. He is the perfect personality to create a survival product and a survival supplies company. So he built Uncharted Supply Co. with his own money. He went all in. He invested his nest egg into this company. We spoke about some of the companies and successes that he's had previous and some of the lessons that he's learned, but also mostly what he's done building out a survival product company in a relatively new industry with not a lot of competition and how he's navigated that. Everything from 
uh, investing all of his money, starting the company on Indiegogo, uh, going on Shark Tank, uh, hiring the best, building a culture, um, scaling and marketing the company, the lessons that he's learned across basically everything, all the hats that he's worn as an entrepreneur. So this is a pure entrepreneurship play and he's incredibly motivating just as a person based on all the incredible stuff that he's done over his life. Let's jump right into it. This is Christian Schof, the founder and CEO of Uncharted Supply Co. My name is Christian Schoff. I'm the founder of Uncharted Supply Company, and uh, we're about five years old. I've been working on this for about seven years, and the origin really of Uncharted uh, kind of revolves around who I am and, and my life experiences. I, I grew up on a farm in Wisconsin. I, uh, from there, went to college at the University of Wisconsin-Madison. Uh, I have a couple degrees there. From there, I started playing in a band, and that, that led me around the world, but interestingly, took me to uh, Iraq 39 times where I began as a musician with my band and my brother playing playing shows over there and it kind of ended as us providing a lot of entertainment for the troops overseas. Um, we figured out a way to get entertainment to the smaller bases, the forward operating bases and joint security stations um, by kind of being smart and, and packaging things differently. Uh, but that in turn also created a ton of uncertainty and danger going into smaller, less protected places. So for a big section of my life, um, you know, I, I grew up farm farm upbringing where you're learning how to dress for the weather and get vehicles unstuck and, you know, deal with animals and crops and all that. And then I went to, um, you know, Iraq and war zones where we would pack not knowing if we were coming home that night or three days later. Um and uh, you know, when I was when I was home from Iraq, we'd be we'd be hunting and, and climbing and doing a lot of things outdoors. And then I, I as as the military stuff wound down, a few other projects I was on, living in Minneapolis, I, I took a job in Southern California, um, working at a tech company, and found myself kind of in a white corner office, um, feeling pretty unfulfilled. You know, after kind of literally putting your life on the line every day to, to bring smiles to people's faces, and I. I knew there had to be more to life, there had to be a bigger purpose. And I was always very interested in the outdoor industry, but I always look for kind of kind of market space, not marketplace, as, as a mentor once told me. Find the find the gaps. And I was I was struggling with finding that. And then one fateful day I, I was driving to Colorado to go skiing. It snowed two inches in the mountains behind Orange County. And I sat for eight hours in traffic because of two inches of snow, which historically in my life wouldn't have even been an issue while my friends were sending me, you know, powder photos from Steamboat Springs, Colorado. And it just put me in this mindset of, if two inches of snow can cause this much disruption, you know, what if something serious happens? What if there's an earthquake or, or whatever? And so when I got home from that trip, I eventually did make it, missed a few, missed a few good turns. Um, but as, <laughs> as I eventually got back and um, kind of started digging into this idea, you know, around earthquakes and, overpopulation and and whatever else I realized that there was a what I felt a big opportunity to create a product that was high quality that people could trust that would help them navigate uh, emergencies big and small so I, I kind of went headfirst into that um, pushed my life savings into it after I felt you know I'd done enough research to to realize that okay I want to do this I believe in it uh, I believe in it at this level and um, as I as I say a lot of times I burn the ships kind of didn't look back and, and here we are five years later um, building uncharted supply and, and really working with a mission to make the world a safer place.
that's that's where we are today. That's the story. Um, and so you know, you were not you were not like an entre you were not an entrepreneur. You didn't try like twenty five things, and you and you worked in one company, and you felt relatively unfulfilled. But um, a lot of the stuff uh, you probably learned firsthand as you built it out. So, um, well, I what yeah, was that's the first I, version? Well, ahead, just to back up from there, I you know I, I skipped over certain things. I helped start Crispin Cider, which was acquired by Miller Coors. Um, Joe Heron actually started okay, that company, so not, but I. But I, I was in, <laughs> no, I was employee number one, and you know we started from day one together and up in his attic, and we built that up. The you know the military stuff that ended up being a company my brother and I ran for five or six years. We worked directly with the Pentagon, and you know that was a little less consumer facing, so it was kind of a different company, but definitely started a business yeah. there. And then we were doing a lot of marketing projects for for other brands. I've done work for Harley Davidson, for GoPro, for, for guys like that. So I'd had kind of some entrepreneurial experience. I'd done a lot of things on my own at a young age. Um, I would say Uncharted is kind of the first one where it was really my idea, my money from day one, and really, you know, learning as we go, but leveraging as much experience from. The and and how do you how do you understand how do you figure out what people need in this market? Like how do you um, figure out for uh, survival toolkits uh, where the gap is? Because there's that seems so broad. And yeah. it seems like you can find some stuff on Amazon that that serves this purpose, right? I'm assuming that there are some like pretty generic little kits that you know hobbyists would go and purchase. But how do you create a company around that? And what do you what's a differentiator? Yeah, that's that's a great question. Um, you know, when I came back from that trip, I was like, okay, I'm gonna buy some stuff. I'm gonna go out and see if I was somebody going to buy this stuff. And really, I ended up at a military surplus store in the back corner with a dusty backpack that had been sitting there forever and it was 50 bucks. And I bought several of these. I remember one had a, had a blow dart gun with three darts in it. And um, I'm just sitting here going, what is this when squirrels attack? You know, like who thought this through? <laughs> um, I went to REI, you know, they had an emergency kit and it was mostly some first aid and water and just a crappy flashlight. And, and so, you know, then I would talk to people. I'd talk to friends. I'd talk to mentors. Hey, do you ever think about this? You know, is there a brand that comes to mind? What would you buy? And I think the response I always got from people was, I'm definitely underprepared. I need something. I just don't even know where to buy it. So, you know, it wasn't, this is, I would say, it's not like we're, we're making blue jeans, something that's been around forever. And we have a new, a new take on something where people are like, yeah, I buy five pairs a year and get into my consideration pool. Um, this was a little bit more like, wow, I, I can see that people are going to become, um, are going to come more face to face with emergencies, like looking at statistically what was happening in our country. And I'm also seeing that life skills are diminishing. You know, people are living more urban lives based on technology. They just don't have those experiences. And, um, you know, I, I can't even remember now all the research I did and all the people I talked to and everything else. But I, I spent about a year designing a product that I thought would, would work well. And when I got to the point where everybody was wanting to buy it from me and it felt complete, I knew that I had to make a decision at that point to go all in or, you know, to get back to work doing something else. And I decided to go all in, um, you know, to your point, yeah. there's a lot of generic stuff out there. Yeah. You can go on Amazon, type in survival kit. I, I think if you, if you as a consumer, honest, with yourself and you look at those things and you go, is this going to save my life? I don't, I don't know if you'd trust that, you know, I don't know if you'd really believe some of those $40, $50 kits and ours, you know, we, when we started our first kit was $350. Um, that was multiples more than any kit in the market at the time. And people told me I was crazy, but at the same time, 
I can understand why nobody was buying them at $50 because it looked like garbage. And we used high quality materials. We worked with experts to not only design, you know, an organizer that protected everything, but everything's color coordinated with instructions, with high quality stuff. And it was, we called it a survival system instead of a survival kit because it was really designed to be, you know, pre-solving a lot of the emergencies you come face to face with. And, you know, I, I always go back to a brand like Yeti Coolers. Nobody enjoyed buying a cooler uh, 20 years ago. I mean, it was it was a necessity. You maybe bought one, they broke a lot, you hated it. And now people wear Yeti baseball caps around town with pride. I mean, it really comes down to if you build a product that's super quality, it says something about who you are, um, you can disrupt an industry. And that's that's what we're, we've been working on ever since. And And how did you first take it to market? So was it direct to consumer? Did you start approaching stores? Was it just what was your what was your strategy we did an indiegogo campaign to start so um you know i i designed this product with a, bu a bunch of friends of mine that are that are experts um you know i remember i remember the day we turned it on i i thought maybe i'd launch it another month or two and i was talking to the guy that i started christmas with joe and he's like how many have you sold and i said well we haven't started yet and he's like, if you have no soul, if you have no sales, you have no business. It's like, go faster. And, um, you know, I had the Indiegogo page roughly there. So about two days later, I just turned it on, um, did everything I could to have all my friends share it, get going. And, you know, we, we set some records on Indiegogo. Uh, we sold, yeah, I remember it was like a, I think we turned the campaign on in early November. I had ordered inventory a few months ahead of time. Uh, and I told people, Hey, we will, we will ship for the holidays. I thought that'd be a really good, compelling kind of gift for the guy that has everything, as they say. Um, and I thought we might sell a couple hundred enough to kind of get this started. And we sold a couple thousand in a couple weeks. You know, it just it took off. So now I had to get that inventory and build a couple thousand kits, figure out how to ship them. I think originally we sold to like almost 40 countries. I mean, I was living at FedEx, filling out these like international shipping forms and tax and tariff papers. And I had no idea what I was doing, but somehow we, we made it through and it was, we were off to the races. Amazing. And okay. So, uh, you, 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 you used Indiegogo to fund it and then you got a thousand orders. Now this is sort of like the inception of your business. Uh, where do you take it from there? Cause I think, um, uh, like you sort of like a couple ways you could take it. You could try and go direct to consumer. Um, you could try and get investment. You can try and scale it up that way. You can just use the revenue to grow it. You can go to a store. So what's next for, and I find it interesting because again, like it's still like, it's still like blue ocean. Like it's said, like you said, it's not like another pair of jeans that you're taking out. So mm -hmm. I feel like this is the, like, like the steps you took are, are a lot different than somebody that's just taking like another direct to consumer or CPG brand to market. It's very, it's, it's a little bit novel, like the way that you first kicked it off. I've never had somebody on here that started a brand on Indiegogo yet. It's like, you're the first. Oh, really? So, well, yeah, for real. Yeah. Well, it was, <laughs> like never, you know, it, it yeah. was probably some naivety there. I, you know, I, again, I actually ordered the inventory before I turned on the Indiegogo. So I didn't, I didn't fund it with Indiegogo. I used my life savings and I ordered. Sorry. Yeah, that's for, right. I followed it. Yeah. 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 I, I ordered enough for a thousand units thinking we sell a third of those. Right. And we ended up selling like. I don't know, a couple thousand. So immediately I'm at a deficit. Um, I had enough for a thousand units. I promised people by Christmas. And then it's like, well, now I've got double what I ordered and, and how do I catch up? So, um, you know, we, we just, 
we sold as much as we could to that platform. I think Indiegogo has a thing where you can kind of extend and make it like, I think they call it in demand where you can keep, so use that as kind of our platform while we got our website set up and the shopping and uh, started running some little ads. Uh, Shark Tank came calling. We got on Shark Tank. Um, they you know, called that, you? Um, yeah. Did they, yeah. Did you I mean, reach out? We, we reached out, I guess. I shouldn't, I shouldn't say that. I, I, I'm trying to remember now. I think we submitted we sent an email. No, no, I don't out. mean to call you out. I didn't mean no, to. No, I was I'm just curious. To... I thought that. Would... <laughs> I guess. I guess when I say they come calling, it's like you. You kind of apply for a lot they, of they... stuff when you're starting, and then you get a response, right? And, and um, yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> you're putting your name everywhere, right? Yeah, yeah. Right. Sure. Yeah. I mean, that's uh, one of my favorite quotes. Is is how do you find a needle in a haystack? You you put more needles in the haystack. Yeah. You know, you just kind of you kind of go hard. So um, no, we you know we we kind of applied. They called. Um, we went through that process. We got on the show. We were on episode one of season nine. And, you know, that that really took off for us. Um, we had some investors that were interested. We ended up reaching a deal with a private equity group. And, you know, it's just kind of been iterative steps uh, from the beginning till now. It's just we just you just kind of have to keep solving problems until you reach some stability and, and get there. Have you, and and and. <laughs> When when do you get there though? That's the I don't think you ever really get sure. there. I mean, like, yeah, <laughs> exactly. I actually, it never stops. <laughs> I, I actually did a podcast earlier today, and um, so a guy asked, "What was the question?" He's he's like, "Have you ever, you know, when did you get or when was the last time you were like, okay, I know we're gonna make it?" Or it was it was some question yeah, along like, with, like, 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 are you gonna die? And I'm like, I'm like, I have those feelings, you know, once a month. You know, literally, yeah. and I think anybody that tells you otherwise is either lying or got extremely lucky. Um, I, I think entrepreneurship is hard, and you always see those. You know, you think it's going to be this this line up and to the right, and it's actually super squiggly with loops and everything else. And I think that's <laughs> very much day to day here. You just you just stay alive another day. You keep solving problems, and and every every inch you gain is like a little bit makes it a little bit tougher to to kill you. And I think you know that's yeah. that's the game. You have to get comfortable. Um, with that and not not feel the burnout of not being there because to your point you're exactly right um i don't know if you're ever there that's yeah that's that's fun and scary yeah well i think that's i think that's i think that's but like like i was looking at your bio and like you are not you are not new to uh putting yourself in like precarious situations that most people do not put themselves so i'm curious also do yeah. you think that some of the things that you've done, like if I read you, you, you grossly undersell yourself, by the way. So you've gone to Iraq, like you said, 30 some upwards of 40 times. You spent your 30th birthday in Saddam's bedroom. Uh, <laughs> yeah. You recorded quite the venue. Yeah, it's quite the venue. Yeah. This is a pretty, <laughs> that's quite the venue. You recorded with Prince. You scuba dived with Richard Branson. You've trained some of the best athletes in the world. So like you are, like you've done uh, mountain climbing, Ironmans. Um, you, like you're an extreme, like as an individual, like you have a, an extreme personality. Like most people do not do these things. So do you think that helped the navigate or does it not translate at all? Yeah. I mean, first of all, I think, I think my problem is I have a massive case of FOMO. You know, I, I always want to be where the action is. I, <laughs> I know I'm big on quotes, but like, you know, life is not a dress rehearsal every day. Every day that goes by is a day you don't get back. And I just, why would you do anything less than everything you can? I mean, I really, I really believe that. So, you know, a lot of times these crazy situations happen because you're making those decisions day after day. And before you know it, you're quite a ways down a path you never thought you could get to, um, you know, does that, how does that apply to entrepreneurship? Gosh, I mean, 
if I can relate it back to emergency situations, you know, a, a guy that's that's putting himself out there and, and maybe camping and climbing and having injuries and figuring out how to get warm, man, when, when, when they get stuck in a ditch in the snow, they're going to be a lot more calm because they've been there before and they know what they're doing versus somebody that's never stepped outside and suddenly finds himself in a very foreign environment. So yes, I, I'd say while the, while they're not completely, you know, the same, like recording music versus starting a business, I, I think when you learn to navigate stressful situations and you learn to problem solve and you learn to be okay, like being under pressure and stressful yeah. situations, um, it, it becomes more calm to you than if you've never done it before and that definitely applies to to entrepreneurship i just want to take a second and thank the sponsor of today's episode hubspot now as a leader you're always on the lookout for more ways to arm yourself with knowledge the books the seminars and most importantly the podcasts that help you make the best possible decision for you your company your customers because when you know more you can apply more and you can grow with hubspot crm platform you can store track, manage, and report on all the tasks and activities that make up your relationships with customers. With a bird's eye view over all your customer interactions, HubSpot empowers your decision-making like never before, so you can give your business and your customers all the good you've got. Learn how to make your business grow better at HubSpot.com. Give me, give me an example of, of one of those times when, when shit ha- absolutely hit the fan. Like, What was the, the worst possible thing that has happened over the course of uh, building Uncharted, and how did you overcome that? I always like to know like the absolute low of the low because it definitely happens to everyone, and people don't talk about it enough. Um, gosh, I don't know. I mean, there's there's a a lot of tense moments. You know, I think what I think back to right now is um, a couple Christmases ago. Q4 is always a big big time, right? Um, we are having. We, we were two and a half years old, I think. Um, we were kind of growing fast, but at the same time, hadn't raised enough money, um, hadn't completed any funding where we were able to kind of have the resources we need. That comes from not only, you know, product, but also employees and systems and everything else. And, um, you know, a couple of Christmases ago, I remember, you know, like a survival kit has 40 pieces in it. And like we didn't have enough shovels and we didn't have enough flashlights. And we were, we were buying double A batteries from Walmarts in the surrounding area. And like I had two employees that for different reasons left the company, um, you know, October, November time period. And we had tons and tons of orders. And I mean, I, I this sounds, this is embarrassing. I, I flew my mom in and I spent like Wow. Day and night here, like uh, a kid who works for us here, her, her dad came in. It was just like whatever we could do to build these kits and get them out the door. I still have pictures of our, our little office here, which I mean, now our warehouse is in a different state and it's humongous. And we had all the inventory and we had boxes to the ceiling. Like I couldn't even get to my desk and, you know, trying to remember where everything was and build fast and get orders out. People want their stuff for Christmas. Um you know, it was, I remember my fingers just hurting and uh, I lost like 10 pounds in about three weeks because the distress and the building and everything else was, I didn't know if we were going to make it. You know, I really didn't. Um, we had to send some kits out without shovels and then follow up with shovels. And of course they weren't the right shovels. And then we had to buy extra boxes and pay extra shipping and overnight them. And we're you know, hardly making a profit on those orders. And it just, it's just survival. Um, so that's, that's one moment that really sticks <laughs> that's, out is like, insane. 
is like, yeah, I, I remember it was like the day after Christmas and I was back in here building kits and um, there just wasn't an option. You know, somebody had to do it. It had to get yeah. done. I promised people something and I was going to deliver. So I think that's when you really decide if you want to do it or not, or if you're going to fold, but um, that's the one that yeah. comes to mind. <laughs> and, and how did you, so, so obviously like massive learning experience um, you've, somewhat i'm sure you've sort of uh future proofed yourself against that ever happening again so what are some of the the processes or or what have you done to to fix that what was the thing that you did you know q1 q2 of the next year yeah you know some of it's learning and some of it is like we knew we had to do we just didn't have the money to do it um yeah fair. you know like like having somebody that was in charge of a supply chain and having a warehouse or a, or a group of people that could build kits at a consistent level you know consistent quality level and not miss something and gosh if we're moving fast how do we make sure we didn't forget you know we we figured out to have a scale and we knew the survival kit weighed exactly this and if it was off by this much weight we knew which product was missing you know so instead of getting all these hey there's 20 of them here where people didn't get sunscreen. We, we would catch that. I mean, it's just, it's just learning and, um, and, and then, you know, getting the resources to, to be able to allocate towards people that help. I mean, there's things that go on in this office on a day-to-day -day basis that I'm not even a part of. And I, I'm thankful for that because we've all got different yeah. things we're good at and different things we're managing. And I, I really try to be the dumbest person in the room. You know, I want, I want really smart people thinking about this and, and that's the goal today um and and okay so let's 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 chat about that quickly that's another learning there so for staffing up um how do you source talent how do you find people you want to work with uh oh. where do you look or what do you look for you know historically i haven't been great at this i've i've had consistent failures i think you know i it's hard when you meet somebody and you look at their resume and they tell you something and you have to take them at face value and i i think at the end of the day what i've tried to do here is have a blend of um young, smart, ambitious, and experienced, um, you know, steady hands. So we have a nice blend of, mm -hmm. of different age groups here. We've got, we've got people that have, have seen it before and that can, can guide. And we have people that are, are learning and eager and, and grinding. And I think there's kind of a blend there that has to happen. I mean, when it comes to hiring, you know, I've, I've made some great hires and I've made some terrible hires. And I think you just have to continue to, check your work on that and make sure you've got the right people. And man, if it's, if it's not working, um, you know, I'm never one to cut the head off right away, but you, you have to try to fix it. And if it's not going to fix, you have to move on quickly. And I think that's something that I'm continually learning because I'm a bit of a pansy when it comes to having those hard conversations with somebody that, Hey, it's you know, tough. this isn't it's working and tough. we're going a different direction. Yeah, yeah. it is tough. Yeah, no, it's one of the it's one of the most difficult things you can do. But I mean, it's it's one of the things that you have to figure out how to do, because no mm -hmm. one's going to bat you know no one's going to bat a hundred every time they hire. It's, but that, it's like, your job. People make or break your business. Yeah, absolutely, yeah. Um, absolutely. So uh, obviously, some ups and downs. Now, um, you you mentioned that you're always uh, learning as an entrepreneur, and you're always trying to you know. Uh, sort of upskill yourself. So what is, what is your process for upskilling yourself? Like outside of like dealing with the actual situations that you're living through every single day. Um, do you have things that you do? Do you have resources that you go to? You mentioned a mentor as well. How does that person play into your life? How did you find that person? Where did you find them? What's your sort of your, your personal development advice? 
Yeah, I think I think it's a little bit of a blend. I mean, when you say that, I I think you're talking from a, a business standpoint, you know. But a part, a big part of my job is is also brand building and, and product development. So mm-hmm. there's a lot of times I'm I'm seeing what other brands are doing. I mean, maybe brands that don't exactly fit, but I'll watch the product launch for Harley Davidson as an example. You know, like how are how are they presenting themselves? How are they thinking about their consumer? Um, I'll also spend a lot of time just out. In, in nature, putting myself in tough situations and seeing, man, what, what am I missing here? You know, like, um, so a friend you of mine, test your own product still you're, you're going out and you're, and you're trying to figure out what you would need in like whatever circumstance. I mean, absolutely. Last fall I was, I was in the, the Brooks range in the Arctic circle for two weeks, you know, with, with one other guy, with just what's on our back, you know, we were charged by grizzlies and living in tents and it was 15 below. And, um, those are, those are things you learn that you can't learn in a lab. Um, a friend of mine once, you know, I always say, Hey, you mess with the bull, you get the horns. And my friend's like, you really mess with the bull a lot, but like, that's my job. You know, I, I need to go out and see what works and what doesn't. And, and, you know, we just had a new hip pack that launched and, you know, I sent it to world champion mountain bikers and Navy seal guys and Ironman champions and across the board, men and women. I'm like, tell me what doesn't work. I don't want you to tell me it's great because we can't get better if you tell me it's great. So from a product side, from a brand side, I'm always challenging everything and testing, you know, from a, from a company side, I'm lucky to have some people in the house here that, that have a lot of experience that um, our brains are very different. So we can have a lot of conversation around solving problems. We've got a really great board of directors with guys who are, are very successful. Um, I've got guys that consult with their company in, in different positions, you know, guys like um, Todd Ballard, who's a CMO at GoPro, you know, like he's, he's a consultant for us and a good friend and you get guys like that in here and, and um, they've seen it, they've been through it and they can, they can kind of help you avoid the pitfalls. So I'm always looking for better answers. I'm always looking for what I can do better. And, and you know, that's, again, I feel like that's my job is to challenge what I know and, yeah. and to continue to improve and thus the brand will improve. Um, and, and what has been, uh, as you, as you scale this out now, now you're direct to consumer, obviously, uh, you're in stores as well. Mm-hmm. Um, in terms of like your sales and your, and your growth and your marketing strategy, what is, what has worked well for you? What hasn't? Um, you know, I think everything works well and everything hasn't. I think it's just different times and different periods. Like the first thing that comes that's to actually, mind right that's now a is, smart, that's a smart lesson though. That's a smart yeah, lesson. That's a really I, smart lesson. I don't think anything is constant. Um, you know what? What the, the next the next meeting I have right now is with our ad buying team, and anybody that's in the DTC channels knows about Facebook's attribution changes and the iOS mm-hmm. updates, and um, you know it's it's creating chaos. I mean, uh, we we can't target as well as we used to. Our numbers don't look as good as they used to. So. You know, how do we think about TikTok and YouTube and other channels that historically we we haven't advertised in, you know, at scale? We've been building products that are lower price points because there are audiences and other social networks that are younger and they're probably not going to spend as much on a survival kit, but they might buy our new hip pack, right? So down to the, you know, how we think about a product and where it fits in an audience and where we can advertise. Like we're always considering all that stuff and continually testing. I wouldn't. I wouldn't say we've got anything figured out. I mean, I think some days are great and some days it's like, what just happened? Yesterday was awesome and everything's the same. And I think you just have to keep problem solving. Um, You know, opening of stores has been great. Um, If there's a hurricane hitting Miami in 24 hours, you're not going to order a 
a, a kit that's going to show up in three days. You want it now, knowing that we have products in a in a Bass Pro Shops, you know, an hour away, somebody can go get it. That's great. That's great for a consumer. Um, people can touch and feel it and get a hand on it. So, you know, we're we're constantly testing and challenging. Um, you know, on the retail side, we we got in and we had our bags hanging on a hanger with a with a big hang tag, and they just they weren't moving. And so we built this big shiny box with tons of education on it. And that really made a change, you know? So it's, again, it's just, it's just figuring things out. It, you think it's going to work and it doesn't. Okay. What's, what's the problem? Why isn't it working? And let's try some things and you just keep chipping away. Um, I, I'm just curious. Um, and this is not even a business question. I'm more just curious because I know you're very passionate about it. Um, so because we asked a lot of business stuff and, and there's some great learnings from there. So I actually want to sort of like switch gears a little bit. Um, the actual core product, like the, the survival, the, the, the concept of like, I guess like a 72 hour survival kit. Um, mm -hmm. how, let's talk about like survival and, and how unprepared people are and how they should be better prepared. Like the things that maybe people aren't considering if they're listening to this, like the average person, I'm sure there's some people that are, are, are very much over the past two years, hyper vigilant about, um, their own protection and, and, and if shit hits the fan, what happens, but what is this, what is this trying to achieve? What are the realities? What are the things that you're trying? I know a lot of entrepreneurs listen to this show and NetSuite has been a huge supporter for entrepreneurs, for business owners, because there's one thing that we all know. Business is about making money and it's about your bottom line. And the less you spend on the nuts and bolts of running your business, the more profits you keep. But these days, everything is costing more. Supplies, people, shipping. It squeezes your margins. And I've been there juggling multiple systems for finance, inventory, you name it each with its own costs and its own set of headaches. That's why I made the switch to NetSuite by Oracle. It's changed our company. Think about it. NetSuite is one of the top financial systems out there. It puts your whole business on one platform, accounting, finance, the works, one data source for everyone. There's no more mismatched info. And because it's in the cloud, it slashes your IT costs, no more servers, no more updates, just access NetSuite from anywhere. With one integrated suite, your overhead drops big time. And here's the real win, efficiency. Everything's connected in NetSuite. Costs are ridiculous lately. Find a proven way to reduce your expenses and get better performance out of your team. It's a no-brainer, and that's what NetSuite offers. Over 37,000 companies have figured this out already. You have to join them. Right now, through to April 15th, NetSuite's got an incredible, flexible financing plan. Check it out and see the savings yourself at netsuite.com slash scottclary. That's netsuite.com slash scottclary. I don't know about you, but the idea of being harassed, scammed, or even worse, all because somebody found my personal information online, that's terrifying. Our political opinions, our addresses, even stuff about our families, it's out there for anyone to grab. And did you know that data brokers are allowed to sell information on over 98% of Americans? It's scary stuff. That's why I've partnered with Delete Me. I personally use Delete Me. They're a big friend of the podcast because I put myself out there online. So safety is a huge concern. It's really scary how easy it is to find someone's details and information, but Delete Me creates a layer of protection that we all need. You tell Delete Me what you want gone and they make it disappear from those sketchy data broker sites. And Delete Me doesn't stop. They constantly monitor the web to keep your information off those lists. It's like having a privacy watchdog that never sleeps. You need to take control of your data and keep your private life private by signing up for Delete Me. They're giving a special discount for all Success Story podcast listeners. Get 20% off your Delete Me plan when you go to joindeleteme.com 
Com slash success and use promo code success at checkout. The only way to get 20% off is to go to joindeleteme.com slash success and enter code success at checkout. J-O-I-N-D-E-L-E-T-E-M-E dot com slash success. Hey everyone, I just want to take a second and thank the sponsor of today's episode, Heaven Hill Bottled and Bond Bourbon. Now I don't have a lot of liquor sponsors on this show. Heaven Hill Bottled and Bond is actually one of my favorites. I've drank it for a few years now, and this is why we actually decided to work together. Heaven Hill Distillery, family-owned since 1935, is a great entrepreneur story, too. So there's five brothers. They filled their first whiskey barrels back in 1935, and their legacy still lives on today. Heaven Hill Bottled and Bond is aged over seven years. That's three more than required by the Bottled and Bond Act of 1897. This means the best quality, the best purity, and the best consistency. This is not just average bourbon. It's the winner of the double gold medals at multiple 2023 World Spirits competitions, and they've won the very prestigious Triple Still Award. It's a very big deal in the liquor and bourbon world. Heaven Hill Bottled and Bond boasts an exceptionally smooth oak flavor, while its aroma offers a sweet blend of caramel and smooth vanilla. If you love bourbon, you need to try Heaven Hill Bottled and Bond. Available nationally, look for a bottle at your local store. Heaven Hill reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. Think back to your last few days in the office. Did any of them leave you feeling really accomplished? Not the kind of day where you're running around like crazy, but where you've made real progress on something that matters. Because being busy doesn't always mean being productive. And I bet you we've all been there. And maybe it's time to rethink what it means to get things done. Today's episode is sponsored by Belay, and what they help you do is, instead of getting sucked into emails and to-do lists, they help you delegate tasks and focus on big goals. They can connect you with top-notch U.S.-based talent who are ready to take on those time-consuming tasks that bog you down. Let's be real. There are way more important things you could be doing than bookkeeping or wrangling a packed inbox. They have virtual assistants to handle all of those pesky administrative tasks or accounting professionals to take care of all your financials. But here's the best part. You don't have to waste weeks searching for the right person. Belay's personalized matching service works quickly, sometimes matching you with the right talent to take stuff off your plate in under a week. Are you ready to try a different way of working? Check out Belay's list of the top 25 things you can delegate to a virtual assistant. It might just change your business and your life. Text SUCCESS, that's S-U-C-C-E-S-S, to 55123 to get the list and to start transforming your to-do list with Belay. Thank you so much indeed for sponsoring Success Story. For all business leaders out there, Indeed is a lifesaver. See, we're always driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. You're going to ditch the busy work and you're going to use Indeed for scheduling, screening, messaging, so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash Clary. Just go to Indeed.com slash Clary right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed 
on this podcast. Indeed.com slash Clary. Terms and conditions apply. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Trying to solve for in somebody's life um, that they may have not thought of before. You know, so our mission really is to make the world a safer place. My belief is that every human on earth is going to face at least one emergency in their lifetime where they're going to need more than probably what they just have day to day. Um, I don't think that's anything anybody would disagree with, right? I mean, uh, and we're seeing it more and more, whether it's COVID or the Canadian truckers or the Ukraine or, or whatever. I mean, I really think that that emergency situations are drastically rising. I don't even say I think that. I, I can statistically see it. At the same time, I believe that life skills are diminishing. We We have lived a very comfortable existence for generations we can depend on first responders we can depend on technology and 99.99 percent of the time things work out but things are are changing and you know our first product we called it the 72 statistically uh like 95 percent of survival situations are resolved within 72 hours meaning from september 11th to going in the ditch with your car calvary shows up in 72 hours but gosh, if it's 15 below zero, or if it's 110 degrees, you have no food or water or whatever, you could die in 72 hours. So my whole thesis was, can we create an affordable, lightweight, small thing that anybody hopefully could afford that would change those 72 hours and make them self-sufficient to get through anything? And that's, that's where we started. And I still think that's a very powerful proposition. Um, you know, we, we now build products for everything. We have a little 130 gram first aid and, and gear repair kit that's designed for mountain biking and running because so many of those people, they don't want to carry a heavy first aid kit. They want to go ride their mountain bike and feel lightweight and free. But man, those are the same people that are going fast and crashing and having a big gash or whatever. And so how do you create products that they have on them that they can change the situation in that, in that moment of need? Um, you know, my dog almost died last year skiing at a skier hit his leg and he was hemorrhaging blood and I had one of those little kits and saved his life. And, and now we're building a, a pet collar with a first aid kit built into it. Um, you know, it's just, it's just those use cases. And the, the thing is, is people go, you know, I do this every day and nothing happens. I'm fine. Well, my dog and I ski every day there's snow on the ground and it didn't happen for a thousand days. And then one day he almost died. And, and that's kind of, the nature of, of being alive, right? Like you just never know when, when that day is going to come and if you're going to be prepared or not. So, you know, I really believe that, um, you know, I used to live in, when I started this company, I lived in Venice in California and gosh, you think about something happening and how long it would take emergency response teams to take care of everybody in that area. That's a highly congested area with a few major, major fairways in and out next to an ocean. I mean, if I was there with my family, I would want to be sure that I could take care of them for an extended amount of time. And then hopefully if I can take care of my family, I can take care of my neighbor. And then maybe that person can help somebody else. There's no way like a couple thousand first responders are going to save a couple million people in a really tough situation. But if we can all start taking care of ourselves and become from a place of abundance and be able to help, help our neighbors, now we're talking about large scale change that can really make a difference in society and, and maybe even bring people together a little more and be a little less fearful. So, you know, you get big picture. That's kind of where my head's at. It's like, how can we create products that make people feel empowered? We always joke. It's like the superhero's cape in the back of your car, right? Like yeah. you want to be the friend that's like, I got this guys, I'm going to save the day. And that's, that's really cool. Like be the hero. So that's kind of, 
kind of how we think about this. And, and how do you solve for the fact that you made a good point? Like life skills are diminishing. So now you have the tools. How do you solve for the fact that people have no idea what the hell to do with the tools? Sure, or, so, or is there like a, an education piece too? Yeah. So, I mean, listen, I would love for people to get out and, and create experiences and to test themselves and to take classes. The reality is that's just not going to happen at scale. I mean, people just aren't interested in it or some people. Uh, that's why with our kits, I mean, if you open up one of our 72s, there's a bunch of pockets inside. Everything's organized. The first aid pocket is bright red. Let's say you need first aid. You can quickly eliminate 80% of the rest of that kit, open up the red pocket, and and then there's there's instructions in red right next to it that tells you broken bone, bee sting, concussion, shock, you know, all these different things. Step one, two, three, four, five. You open up that red thing, you read the instructions, you're just baking a recipe at that point. And even if you're freaking out, if you can follow instructions, you can start making a bad situation better. And when you do that, adrenaline goes down, you think clearer, and you're going to make better decisions as a whole. So that is a challenge, right? Like, I always say we need our products to work for somebody that's never been outside before. So if somebody goes outside for the first time and an emergency hits and we throw them one of our products, they've got to be able to open it up and make it work in a way that's going to change their situation. And so that's always the goal of what we're doing. And and I guess sort of last question on, on this particular topic or this theme, like what have you, what have you changed your opinion on over the last two years? Hmm. Um, I, you know, I, I don't know if I've changed my opinion. I've just, I've just learned how people um, interpret what we are doing. You know, I think, I think prepping is a stigma in a lot of ways. People think of these guys with a bunker that think aliens are going to attack and wear tinfoil hats. You know, that's, that's definitely not what we're doing. We're just saying, Hey, if, if you're driving to the mountains this weekend with your buddies, cause there's a snowstorm, that snowstorm ends up, you know, taking a different path and now you're stuck. Are you prepared for that? Um, so for me, it's like, it's very obvious because I'm in and living this space, but communicating that, educating people on that, convincing them, I would say it's, it's been more of a challenge to convince people than I thought on, on, on purchasing and, and I'm being prepared. I, to me, it seems, and maybe it's the life I lead, but it's, mm-hmm. it, it seems like second nature to be like, my truck's full of stuff. I'm ready to go. Um, you know, one of the challenges we see a lot of times is our products are super high quality. Um, we're working on our repeat customer data right now and, and re- just getting people to come back and buy more because they they buy one of these kits. It's got everything they need. It, it works. It works for a long time. Uh, that's great, like as a product and for the consumer, but for a business that has a certain cost associated with acquiring customers, how do you get them to come back and buy something else? So we start thinking about well, what are the other products that that maybe weren't part of this, but, but can help solve over here. And um yeah, I think that's what we've been thinking about more and more is, like I said, that lightweight kit for mountain biking and running. And we just launched a hip pack. It's really cool because, you know, people kept going, well, should I carry my survival kit hiking through Yellowstone? It's like, no, that's not what we designed it for. But interesting if everybody's asking that question, like, what is the right thing? And let's build that. So, you know, I don't, I don't know if we got anything wrong. I think we're just evolving and growing and trying to understand our consumer better and kind of what they perceive and, and, and kind of translate. Very smart. Okay. Um, I want to do a couple rapid fire to close this up, but before I pivot, um, any, any final, any final thoughts or, um, just comments, like, where do you, where do you want this company to go? If, you know, at the, at the end of the day, what do you want people to say about the company, about what you've achieved? 
Yeah, you know, my, my favorite companies become verbs, right? Uh, and yeah. I, I, I don't know if you can Uncharted something, but I, <laughs> I would love to be the, uh, I would love to be the, the brand that almost, you know, becomes the product because it, it, it's just the trusted, high quality thing that everybody knows. I mean, my goal, like I said, I, when I started this is like, I, I wanted to leave a legacy. I want to make the world a safer place. I wanted to um, figure out a way that get, you know, I grew up in Wisconsin, right? If, if there was a snowstorm or, hur or a hurricane, a snowstorm or a tornado, you know, we'd go help our neighbors. We'd take chainsaws or we'd take plows. And then when I lived in California, people would lock their doors and it was every man for themselves. Well, the only way through anything is, is unity and working together. And I don't have to tell people that we're getting more and more divisive all the time. Mm -hmm. And if, if we can come from a place where like we can be the hero and we can save our family's day or save our friend's day and we can, we can look out for our neighbors. I mean, that's, that's where I really want to go with this. I would, I, that'd be an amazing legacy to, you know, have created a family of products or, or even inspired a, an industry, which we've, we've done. There's a lot of copycats out there of products that are now getting into people's hands and, and saving lives. So that's the goal. I mean, it's, it's audacious. Sure. But I think you have to be, and we're still small, but you I really gotta have audacious we're going to get goals. there. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. For <laughs> Very sure. Very good. Very good. Um, and then, uh, most importantly, um, where are people, uh, where are people going to connect with you? What's the website, social for a company for you, uh, if they want to reach out? Yeah. Uncharted supplyco.com. Uh, Instagram is at uncharted supplyco. Uh, mine's at Christian Schaff. I mean, man, we spend a lot on advertising online. Uh, you should be able to type in the 72 uncharted, my name, it, it better show up or we're not doing a very good job. So, um, <laughs> yeah. it shouldn't be, too, it shouldn't be too hard. I, I hope you type in best survival kit and it comes up. I mean, it should. So you got, uh, <laughs> you got the keywords down too, that you're, that you want to optimize for. Uh, those, those are just reviews, man. No, I'm not buying those. Those are reviews. Okay. So I'm... All right. <laughs> that's, that's good. All right. Um, all right. Let's do a couple of rapid fire. Uh, just sure. up, like uh, insights from your life. So biggest challenge, personal or professional, what was that challenge? How'd you overcome it? Oh gosh. Um, I don't know, man. There's so many big challenges all the time. I think. Yeah, I mean, your life seems to have an exceptional amount of challenges. But like, <laughs> if you had yeah. to pick one, I'm a challenged individual, <laughs> and I think. Um, yeah. I, I think you should be challenging yourself every day. I, I I'm trying to think of of one. Uh, you know, I, one moment that stands out. This isn't even a challenge, but it was maybe a, a personal challenge. Was the day I, you know, I wrote a check for most of my life savings to start this company. I, I mean, I think a lot of people like to sit around and talk about it and they like to maybe, you know, have a business plan and maybe they start building a website, but um, it's extremely challenging to actually, you know, as I say, burn the ships and actually go all in and be like, I'm going to do this sink or swim. And you have to really be bold and you have to really be convic convicted in what you're doing. And, um, you know, I, I remember that day. I remember how stressful that was because I had, I had done really well and I, I had built a really nice nest egg at a young age. And that was a lot of nice cushion that I was just kind of pushing in, pushing in all the chips. So, you know, that's the first thing that comes to mind. I don't know if that's a great answer, but I, I do think, it's you know, a, there's a lot it's of people. Like answer, to say, man, and it is a good answer. I appreciate it. You know, I just, there's, there's a lot of people I meet that say they're entrepreneurs and um, you know, they, they don't, they don't have a sale yet and they haven't, they haven't really fully committed. And I think that's probably a big challenge for a lot of people is, is taking that final step and saying, this is who I am and this is what I'm doing. I appreciate that. I think that's smart. Um, and it's good advice. Uh, obviously there's been many people who've had an incredible impact on your life, but if you had to pick one, who was that person and what did they teach you? 
Oh gosh, so many. Um, you know, I, I would just have to say my parents. Uh, we we live in this big dairy farm. We used to have my parents called them trainees. I would I would call them interns for anybody listening, but guys would come from Japan or Germany or England to come to live, live and learn from my parents. They'd stay from anywhere from like three months to a couple of years. These were my big brothers working on the farm and learning from my dad. And I, I remember uh, this guy, Nick Chandler from, from England told me once, he said, you know, uh, your dad is the hardest working person I know, except for your mom. <laughs> and, um, <laughs> you know, I, I think they just, they are grinders and they were smart grinders. You know, they, they were really thoughtful about, um, you know, growing up on a dairy farm, you, you wouldn't think about marketing and that kind of stuff. And they were always creating print ads and, and building a website. And and they were still in the barn at 4.15 in the morning, you know, washing tails on our cows, uh, you know, in case people came over to look. I mean, it just, it was a combination of hard work and 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 smart work. And gosh, that's just something that sticks with you. I If I sleep past you know, five thirty in the morning to this day, I, I have this little bit of guilt when I wake up that hopefully dad didn't see me sleeping in, you know, it's just, there's mm-hmm. that drive that's been built into me since I was, since I can remember. Um, if you had to pick a book or podcast or some resource that has had a huge impact on your life, <laughs> uh, what was that resource and what did you learn from it? <laughs> you know, this may sound silly on the surface, but I'm going to say Shark Tank. And, and here's why I've okay. watched hundreds of episodes of Shark Tank. And when I was building my business, Shark Tank was on in the background. And while it's a very watered down, you know, entrepreneurial TV show, if you don't have an answer for one of the questions those guys are asking with your company, you better figure it out. And I don't know if I necessarily learned a ton from it, but having those questions going on in the background for that year that I was building the company really helped me solidify what I was doing, what was important. If I was, if I had a blind spot because I didn't really want to pay attention to it, you know, Um, I just always envisioned that we would be on that show and I would have an amazing answer for anything they threw my way. I mean, it was, it was like a test I was studying for. And I, you know, there's a lot of books I've read that have taught me little parts. And I I love the book Shoe Dog, uh, the Phil Knight story that, you know, he started Nike. I love those stories of just hardship and and grinding and figuring it out and those things taught me a lot but man when i was really getting ready to do this that was it was like a really good little quiz every day that i took that really helped inform how i thought about this so i'll throw that one out there for this time amazing um if you could tell your 20 year old self one thing what would it be oh wow you know, I, I struggle with this because I have friends that started businesses um, a lot at a lot younger and they're, they're further ahead now than I am. And I sometimes go, gosh, I, I wish I would have started this 10 years sooner. But at the same time, I never could have done it the same way without the experiences. Um, you know, I was, I was pretty darn motivated at 20. I was always into something. I think you know, I think seeking out mentors at an earlier age would probably be the thing that I would tell my 20 year old self, because I think at 20, we all, we all uh, think we know more than we do. Right. And I was working hard and I, I definitely thought I had more answers than I did at that point. And I think if I would have, you know, maybe found some more lifelong mentors to help guide my thinking and help me maybe with the opportunities I had then make them even bigger. I mean, who knows what would have happened, but, you know, I would say, 
don't be the smartest person in the room, find mentors, ask a lot of questions, stay really curious and, and use that information. I think that's really powerful. And that's something that comes with, with experience and being humbled, but it's not something you know when you're in your teens or 20. Um, and then last question, what does success mean to you? Oh, man. Um, you know, the, I think success is, is uh, well, it's obviously achieving goals. It's, it's, um, it's not just about money, right? It's, it's about a legacy. It's about, you know, my goal would be to be the guy that when you walk out of a room, people are saying positive things about you as you left. And, and, you know, you may not be the richest guy in the room, but man, that guy did something really hard or, or really compelling, or that guy really made a difference. Um, you know, I, I look at my grandpa who passed away this year and um, he, he kind of died with nothing, but he, he gave all his money away. And he, you know, I, at the funeral, people would come up to me that I didn't even know that would tell me stories of his kindness and how he would go out of the way. You know, this guy came back from war and was missing his dog and, he had, you know, was in the canine unit. And he said, by the time he got home, he had had a phone call on his answering machine from my grandpa's friend who bred German shepherds with a dog for him. You know, I mean, just, just being a human that can affect lives and, 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 and make a difference in people's lives, I think would be about the highest level of success you could achieve in my opinion. I know a lot of entrepreneurs listen to this show and NetSuite has been a huge supporter for entrepreneurs, for business owners, because there's one thing that we all know. Business is about making money and it's about your bottom line. And the less you spend on the nuts and bolts of running your business, the more profits you keep. But these days, everything is costing more. Supplies, people, shipping. It squeezes your margins. And I've been there juggling multiple systems for finance, inventory, you name it. Each with its own costs and its own set of headaches. That's why I made the switch to NetSuite by Oracle. It's changed our company. Think about it. NetSuite is one of the top financial systems out there. It puts your whole business on one platform, accounting, finance, the works. One data source for everyone. There's no more mismatched info. And because it's in the cloud, it slashes your IT costs. No more servers, no more updates. Just access NetSuite from anywhere. With one integrated suite, your overhead drops big time. And here's the real win. Efficiency. Everything's connected in NetSuite. Costs are ridiculous lately. Find a proven way to reduce your expenses and get better performance out of your team. It's a no-brainer, and that's what NetSuite offers. Over 37,000 companies have figured this out already. You have to join them. Right now, through to April 15th, NetSuite's got an incredible, flexible financing plan. Check it out and see the savings yourself at netsuite.com slash scottclary. That's netsuite.com slash scottclary. I don't know about you, but the idea of being harassed, scammed, or even worse, all because somebody found my personal information online, that's terrifying. Our political opinions, our addresses, even stuff about our families, it's out there for anyone to grab. And did you know that data brokers are allowed to sell information on over 98% of Americans? It's scary stuff. That's why I've partnered with Delete Me. I personally use Delete Me. They're a big friend of the podcast because I put myself out there online. So safety is a huge concern. 
it's really scary how easy it is to find someone's details and information, but Delete Me creates a layer of protection that we all need. You tell Delete Me what you want gone and they make it disappear from those sketchy data broker sites. And Delete Me doesn't stop. They constantly monitor the web to keep your information off those lists. It's like having a privacy watchdog that never sleeps. You need to take control of your data and keep your private life private by signing up for Delete Me. They're giving a special discount for all Success Story podcast listeners. Get 20% off your Delete Me plan when you go to joindeletemecom slash success and use promo code success at checkout. The only way to get 20% off is to go to joindeletemecom slash success and enter code success at checkout. J-O-I-N-D-E-L-E-T-E-M-E.com slash success. Hey everyone, I just want to take a second and thank the sponsor of today's episode, Heaven Hill Bottled and Bond Bourbon. Now I don't have a lot of liquor sponsors on this show. Heaven Hill Bottled and Bond is actually one of my favorites. I've drank it for a few years now and this is why we actually decided to work together. Heaven Hill Distillery, family owned since 1935, is a great entrepreneur story too. So there's five brothers, they filled their first whiskey barrels back in 1935 and their legacy still lives on today. Heaven Hill Bottled and Bond is aged over seven years. That's three more than required by the Bottled and Bond Act of 1897. This means the best quality, the best purity, and the best consistency. This is not just average bourbon. It's the winner of the double gold medals at multiple 2023 World Spirits competitions, and they've won the very prestigious Triple Still Award. It's a very big deal in the liquor and bourbon world. Heaven Hill Bottled and Bond boasts an exceptionally smooth oak flavor, while its aroma offers a sweet blend of caramel and smooth vanilla. If you love bourbon, you need to try Heaven Hill Bottled and Bond. Available nationally, look for a bottle at your local store. Heaven Hill reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. Think back to your last few days in the office. Did any of them leave you feeling really accomplished? Not the kind of day where you're running around like crazy, but where you've made real progress on something that matters. Because being busy doesn't always mean being productive. And I bet you we've all been there. And maybe it's time to rethink what it means to get things done. Today's episode is sponsored by Belay. And what they help you do is, instead of getting sucked into emails and to-do lists, they help you delegate tasks and focus on big goals. They can connect you with top-notch US-based talent who are ready to take on those time-consuming tasks that bog you down. Let's be real. There are way more important things you could be doing than bookkeeping or wrangling a packed inbox. They have virtual assistants to handle all of those pesky administrative tasks or accounting professionals to take care of all your financials. But here's the best part. You don't have to waste weeks searching for the right person. Belay's personalized matching service works quickly, sometimes matching you with the right talent to take stuff off your plate in under a week. Are you ready to try a different way of working? Check out Belay's list of the top 25 things you can delegate to a virtual assistant. It might just change your business and your life. Text SUCCESS, that's S-U-C-C-E-S-S, to 55123 to get the list and to start transforming your to-do list with Belay. Thank you so much indeed for sponsoring Success Story. For all business leaders out there, Indeed is a lifesaver. See, we're always driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. You're going to ditch the busy work and you're going to use Indeed for scheduling, screening, messaging, so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed 
survey. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash Clary. Just go to Indeed.com slash Clary right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash Clary. Terms and conditions apply. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. 